Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hello and welcome to Wrestle Ramble. This is Luke Owen. I'm Ollie Davis. And today we're going to be revisiting the Punjabi prison gimmick match, revealing who won Saturday's fantasy booking warfare about how to turn Bailey heel and getting to some of your mailbag questions. If you want to go straight to any of those discussions, click the timestamps in the video description below or stay right here where we're just very briefly going to have a two-party popper salute to Talking Smack. Up in the air? Up in the air. Oh, God, this is hard. Thank you, Talking Smack. Thank you, Talking Smack. We should really invest in some less celebratory <laughs> things. I think we should also take that bit of confetti that's over the lens. Oh, yep, yeah, that will probably... <laughs> there you go. That's been removed. Hopefully you enjoyed that visual reference. Oh, mate, that's a podcast nice smell. Listeners. That seemed more gunfiery than usual. It didn't just. I mean, we wanted to do like a, a, a ten-gun salute, so yeah. uh, that that really worked well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, what a sad, sad day to lose Talking Smack. Imagine, just imagine being a company, and you look at Talking Smack and 205 Live, and the one you go with is Alex Talking Smack. It's consistently in the top ten shows every week. Whereas twenty, well, yeah, but no. Since Daniel Bryan's been back, it's been back on the up. When he was gone, it dropped down to the twenties and the twenty fives. But two hundred five live is always Mm. low because no one watches it. Yeah, uh, and the crowd reactions are dead. The cruiserweight division really hasn't taken off. Austin Aries was released uh, the previous Friday. Mm-hmm. And worst of all, Daniel Bryan and Renee Young, just they yeah. just found out by going on the internet. JBL found out the same way that Legends had been cancelled yeah. as well. And apparently unfiltered Renee's uh, chat yeah. show were over coffee. That's been dropped as well yeah. on the WWE Network. So about that Remember When series, Luke. <laughs> yes. Now's probably the time to say... I love it, Thanks. and it's sticking around. I'm not going to cancel that. <laughs> oh, thank God for that. No worries. I've only just come up with the idea. The first thing we're going to jump into today, because it is fresh in our minds, maybe fresh is the wrong word, mm. it's rotten in our minds, is the Punjabi prison gimmick match. Yes, because it returns. After yeah. a 10-year hiatus, it returns. At Backlash this Sunday <laughs> at Backlash Battleground before you all start correcting us yeah. in the video comments it's a running, running gag running gag running gag so yeah so the Punjabi prison so you have never seen a Punjabi prison match no. un- until today well you see I uh, so I think a lot of wrestling fans seem to have this story where they go dark mm-hmm. for a couple of years they, they go out of love with wrestling or just other things happen mine was between uh, around that time when that was happening was off to uni last uh, year of school and stuff so I didn't watch that match I was reading like you were I read the results and stuff but I wasn't actually keeping up to date with the 
product through watching it. No, exactly. And I, I at that point in time, was uh, hardcore TNA for life. Yeah, so same. I, 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 I was vehemently against anything that WWE put out. It's like, oh, that's just stupid. That's yeah. just I was essentially like a WCW fan in the late 1990s where I just like, hated everything that WWF had to do. It was hot, though, for a while. Do you remember there was a phone-in show? Can't remember what it was, but someone... I used to watch this clip over and over again on YouTube to satisfy my inner TNA fan and go, yeah, we're coming for you, Vince. <laughs> and it was someone would ring... Uh, I think it was Todd Phillips. Yeah, I think I know the clip. Yeah, yeah, about, and yeah. someone just goes... Uh, TNA rules, it's better than WWE. And Tom Phillips goes, no, it isn't. <laughs> and he, he yeah. has a little go at the guy who rang him. Yeah. Uh, I wish we'd watch that when we get out of this recording booth. It's like, we've got you running scared, the biggie. <laughs> so today, on, yes. uh, uh, we had some lunch. You had um, a, a, a duck wrap. It was a hoisin duck wrap. Yeah, I had some lovely sushi. And we watched both. Punjabi prison matches the first one from the Great American Bash 2006 between uh, The Undertaker and Big Show and the second Punjabi prison between Batista and the Great Khali from No Mercy 2007 yeah Uh, so should we talk about the rules of this because yeah. I thought I knew the rules of a Punjabi prison match. Before we get jump into the rules, oh, you want, there's just, more. Well, no, 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 just just before we jump into the rules, I thought I would ask you what your overall opinion is of the Punjabi prison. Uh, overall opinion, a brief summary. Of course, we're gonna mm-hmm. dive into it a bit deeper. Yes. Dot dot dot. Dive into it. It is needlessly complicated. <laughs> yeah. However, there were actually some nice moments in the matches that we watched where I was like. You know what? That that was a good piece of storytelling. Yeah. And you couldn't have done that in a normal match. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. No. And I do actually think, as a visual spectacle, it's quite impressive to to look at. Not to see through. No. I think, I think if you're in the live audience, it's probably ghastly because you can't see anything. But from a... Uh, while we sit at home in our armchairs... Mm. It's quite a, quite an impressive feat because you haven't uh, got cameramen in there. No, and as as JBL said, it's like something from Steven Spielberg movie. Um, he pushed like, that hard. <laughs> it was, it's like something from Jurassic Park. So we that w- movie with quite famously metal cages. Yeah, we because it does have a few metal cages. Has uh, wait, isn't a cow lowered in? <laughs> wait, well, that's what I'm saying. Is that in in Jurassic Park they are all ah. metal fences. They're not made of bamboo. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> so uh, keeping anything safe. That that particular piece of commentary because we had the unique pleasure of watching both matches side by side. Mm. We picked up on all the things that they just repeated, and one of them was this JBL insistence yeah. that we were watching something from Jurassic Park. Yeah, he, he, uh, it's like something from a Steven Spielberg movie. It's like something Stephen King would have written. Yeah, and then Michael Cole would say, "It's like King Kong. He's <laughs> like King Kong," and JBL's there going, "No, it's not. It's like dinosaurs. <laughs> it's like Stephen King wrote this." You know, no, yeah. not. P.T. Tubbs, Michael Crichton wrote Jurassic yeah. Park. Uh, but also, uh, he did compare the first, watch, uh, the first match that we watched, which was The Undertaker versus The Big Show, uh, to King Kong versus Godzilla, which, as a diehard yeah, Godzilla fan, that. I did love that reference. What, what are you rocking today? Uh, Rocky, funnily enough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rocking some Rocky. I'm uh, rocking... Just nothing. Just plain. Just a plain shirt. Plain Just shirt. A plain shirt. I've got a bit of dandruff on it, though. <laughs> That's the... <laughs> The blemishes that I like. Uh, so, so, right, rules. Yes, let's go over the rules. <coughs> because... Needlessly complicated. I thought I knew what a bamboo... Uh, what's it called again? A Punjabi prison. A bamboo match. 
I thought I knew what a Punjabi prison match entailed, and that is you've got the inner structure, which is a cage made of bamboo. Mm-hmm. You escape that structure, and then you've got to get out of an octagonal structure yes. with spikes at the top. Mm. I didn't know that in the inner structure, you had four doors yeah. operated by referees that were on unlocked pulley systems. on pulley systems that were unlocked at the start. And a competitor a competitor within the match got to say, I'm going to go for this door. I'm going to try and escape through this door. Mm-hmm. Call the pocket, as you would call it in pool, if, you're gonna, if you play that rule to pot the black at the end. I'm going to go through that door. The door will open, and you've got 60 seconds to get through that door, mm. at which point the door shuts and remains locked, and then that door is out of action. And you so you've only got four chances to escape the cage through a door. And you didn't pick up on that rule until much later in the match, when at one point you suddenly said, like, oh, does that mean that they're locked forever now? And yeah, I was they're like, not going to... That's it. I was like, yeah, and that means that they're, they're now trapped in there. Forever. Forever. And because the the first one we watched, because that was the first time ever, Michael Cole had to stand up in his commentary <laughs> desk and explain to everyone yeah. all the rules. I remember watching um, the War Games matches, yeah. and someone would always have to do that as well. They'd run all these graphics, and you know yeah. they can't enter here, and then page three of the <laughs> graphics of rules would come up. At TNA, when they did the, uh, the reverse battle royal, um, Mike Tanay introduced it with my fav- one of my favourite ones where he goes it's really quite simple and there's like all these limited rules like to start the match you have to fight on the outside to then get into the ring and then by that point once you are in the ring that means you are then part of a battle royal where you are then thrown out of the ring and then if you are the last two it becomes a, a straight one on one match with a pinfall finish did we mention how big TNA fans we used to be <laughs> It's really quite simple. So right, so that, so that is needlessly complex, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and it's you know, it's not like they do it all the time. This is only going to be the third Punjabi prison match in history yeah. this Sunday. And that was going to be a point that I was going to raise. That is that like uh, back in the day, you remember when they would announce a Hell in a Cell match, and you're like, oh my god, a Hell in a Cell match. There's there's such a rarity. Yeah, and particularly like you, you think the. Uh, Cactus Jack Triple H uh, one from No Way Out 2000 by that point was like the third or fourth mm. um, Hell in a Cell match since 1998 when they had the first one so you're like wow this is a big deal to have this match now they're ten a penny they do them on Raw they do them on mm. like they have a pay-per-view dedicated which to usually the match. has two matches on itself yeah so it doesn't feel quite as uh, spectacular anymore but after a ten year hiatus this match coming back does actually sort of feel like a bit of a big deal well the the big driving force behind anything really should be character mm. and those or character or story you know you should the problem we are in now with gimmicks and gimmick matches is that it's now a date october is hell in the cell month yeah so we're gonna have hell in the cell matches no matter what point your feud is in we're gonna have a hell in the cell match it could be your first meeting and we're gonna have this thing that was typically used to blow off the feud to finish the feud you would you know you would have a cage match that wasn't enough to settle it we're gonna have yeah, a hell in a cell match. Whoa! Especially then if the feud continues and it's a straight one on one on one match afterwards. You know, like so we had the hell in a cell. Yeah. to build to a singles match. So I remember the days when someone would announce a stipulation, and that that would get a pop from the crowd, mm. a genuine like, oh, we're gonna see a ladder match. But now it's like, oh, okay, cool ladder match. I saw that coming because <laughs> it's this month. Yeah. 
Ladder. Yeah, that's the next pay-per-view. Exactly. It's Great t- balls of ladder. Because <laughs> you have like TLC uh, and stairs uh, during that one fateful year. So Hell in a Cell used to be these fierce matches. Undertaker kind of made sense as what well. Buried Alive matches, you know, the, they're kind of entwined with the character. And the Punjabi Prison match, although the first one would come on to that, yeah. was tied to the Great Carly. So you have these two matches that were meant to involve the Great Carly ended up only being one. And then Jinder Mahal later uh, has inherited this Punjabi prism gimmick being Canadian. <laughs> and he's going to have the third one. So it comes from a place within the character. And hopefully this would be the blow off as well. Mm. Oh, you just hope so. Because this is the third straight pay-per-view yeah. that they've, they've had a match. I actually really hope that we get a great Carly appearance um, at, he, at how, Battlegrounds. On what terms? Is he with WWE? I think he's right on now. good terms. He because he's really... got his training school yeah. by name. And I think he's got like a wrestling uh, company in, uh, over in India. I think he has anyway. I think he's one of the guys who lends his name to a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Or is it actually run by someone else? Yes. But it'll be because uh, the great Carly wrestling school mm-hmm. is actually Ricardo Rodriguez who oh. runs it. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So um, I, I'd, I'd like to see a, an appearance <coughs> by uh, great Carly as, as the man who brought the Punjabi prison over to the U S well, shall we, shall we get into yeah. this first one then? Because it was meant to be great American bash 2006. It was meant to be great Carly versus the undertaker. But tell us what happened, Luke. Well, this whole pay-per-view has been hailed as one of the worst pay-per-views in WWE's illustrious history. And the reason for that is because all the stuff they've been building up to, things like The Great Carly versus The Undertaker and Bobby Lashley getting the United States Championship off Finlay, I think, at the time, um, all sort of blew up because they did some drugs testing and both of them had Pops liver enzymes which means that they were uh, effectively failing wellness tests. Mm. Because this was... The wellness policy had just been introduced. Yes, because it was following Eddie Guerrero's um, tragic passing. Still very, very new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But pre-Benoit. Okay. Because Benoit was... Yeah, it was 2007. Late 2006. Uh, uh, Actually, we've just passed the 10-year anniversary. It was quite recently, Mm. the 10-year anniversary. Um, And so, essentially, the Great Khali could not compete... Uh, in this match so instead they they did a they shot an angle at the start of it where Great Kali wants to have his match right now but he couldn't and um, Davari was trying to stop him from ha- having the match and then he attacked The Undertaker and was then also helped by The Big Show current ECW champion um, and then Seti Long super upset about all this said that Big Show will instead take on The Undertaker. You're missing a classic Teddy quote here. <laughs> Sorry, what is it? One-on-one with. One-on-one with The Undertaker. Um, so that's why we then had the Big Show versus The Undertaker instead. Not for the ECW Championship. Yeah. So all that stuff I just said about gimmicks being tied to character, you would, you know, just maybe postpone the match, that gimmick match, and then you just have a straight Big Show-Taker match. mm but uh, they probably felt they spent too much money on the on making the whole thing. So we've both yeah. got a cough today. So it's because I had some I had those nuts. Kissing. I had, stop kissing each other. It's because I had those like those little peanut things, uh, the Grey's uh, Veggie Power yeah. ones. And I just got a bit of um, residual yeah. dust. I think some edamame beans caught at the back of my throat. So uh, they kept on. Here's a few quotes that we were that that people said uh, Michael Cole and JBL in describing the match. 20 feet of bamboo on the outside structure. 
Yeah, and that's it, pretty and, impressive. And it looks cool. Once the timber is up, door is closed forever. Oh, the timer is up. So the, <laughs> the, timber. the timber. So that the you know the sixty second thing. That's the the door's closed. One mile of material to construct. Mm. I imagine if you laid everything out. Problem is that's like quite a long way though. So because the, they use this line when they talk about the elimination chamber, it's like it's like twenty feet of concrete steel or whatever they concrete say. Steel. Yeah, concrete steel, like you know, st- like st- structure steel. Structure. We've created a, a new material, but like it makes it sound like it's really deadly and impressive. Whereas I'm just saying like tw- you know, a mile of material. Yeah, well, it doesn't doesn't sound quite as cool. Which I think then when they did the second one the year later, they then introduced the whole um, steel. Uh, steel reinforced bamboo. Yeah. So Luke and I still don't know what that means. <laughs> I think it basically means that it's a steel steel structure. Steel. With, with, yes, with bamboo wrapped around it. Surely the bamboo's going to soften the blow there. So I've got a bamboo desk at home. It's very light, mm. not that threatening. Pandas Drag. love it. <laughs> yeah. Always getting rid of the pandas, just nibbling at the corner of my desk. I'm like, go on, repopulate your species, <laughs> you goddamn pandas. But so what? I just uh, uh, okay, all right. So let's we let's try and skip past that bit. But oh, I've got one more bit oh, for the yes, structure. Please, no, please do. So the other bit that really rang hollow mm. was when they kept describing the spikes <laughs> at the out. So the octagonal outside structure, the mm. twenty foot one, has these spikes, sharpened spikes, razor sharp spikes. If Michael Cole would have you believe. They were quite obviously blunt pieces of wood. And he could not get those words out. Yeah. Like, he wanted to say, like, they're super spikes that, you know, that you can you put your hand on it or go through your hand. Yeah. And he was trying to find the best way to describe it and could, like, a little bit like me then, and just could not find the words. And in the end, it was like, the spikes, like, like, like you'd see it prison. Sharp. <laughs> so it's. Maybe that's a lie too far for Michael Cole. <laughs> we found the bit where he's like, no, you know what? I used to be a war reporter. I'm not going to call those razor sharp spikes. Everything else, I, fine. I will say, I think that JBL did a much better job of selling the match than Michael Cole did. This was, this was really early JBL on commentary. It was and, really good. And he was genuinely was really, really great because he also was coming from it a lot from a character perspective. Yeah. Like at one point he said, he goes, I was with The Undertaker in the Ministry of Darkness. I know how far this man can go mm. this is not that same guy anymore because the the storyline was that the the great Kali had been beating the undertaker down to the point of like he beat the undertaker with putting his foot on taker's chest it was like the cleanest of clean victories that the undertaker's ever mm. had over, had with anyone uh, or clean losses rather and so the and so JBL was doing a really good job of selling that character aspect of it, while also selling that the Big Show is ECW champion. That means he's the extreme champion of the world, and that he's now dangerous, the most dangerous he's ever been. While at the same time selling how scary this structure was. I've been a razor cage matches, Michael. I've never been anything like this. This is terrifying. Jurassic Park, etc. There's there's the latest impression for the repertoire. It, it really did. And somehow, getting all that over and still being insanely funny. Yeah. Because he, like, he, he obviously wanted Big Show to win. Big Show was the heel in this scenario. JBL's the heel commentator. And uh, Michael Cole says something slightly in favour of Undertaker at, at one point, despite JBL saying how he wants Big Show to win all the way through the match. And JBL just goes... We're meant to be unbiased commentators, Michael. You can't just go and say that. (laughs) 
And it was because he kept calling like Teddy Long an idiot. And these bass referees, they won't let the big show out. Exactly like that. Uh, so right, the actual match, the actual 2006 Great American Bash, first Punjabi prison match ever. Big Show comes out. And you can see him, if you watch it on the WWE Network, he walks down. He walks out quite confident. He should have immediately seen the structure because he seems to only clock it halfway down the ramp. He looks at it and you can see him clearly mouth, what the F word? <laughs> what the actual F word yeah. is going on here? He looks so scared yeah, by and it. And then Big Show can somehow, for, for someone so big, can turn on the crocodile tears yeah. very quickly and he started to cry especially when subtly the, especially the when ring. the undertaker came out as well because he's now like oh oh dear i'm locked in this terrified there are spikes up there oh heavens oh heavens i am locked inside two cages with yeah. the undertaker of all people and i thought it was bamboo but actually the, yeah, the steel inside <laughs> i can hear it when i knock uh so this match wasn't for a title, though, because it was quite hastily put together. I've just got a few notes here. Mm. People like counting down from 10. Yeah, they certainly do. Because every time the one of the four doors would go up. I'm really glad we watched this because I wouldn't have a clue what was going on on Sunday otherwise. You get a 60-second timer until the door goes shut forever. As soon as it hit 10, everyone. Nine. Nine. Eight, seven. seven. We're at the Royal Rumble again. <laughs> Just expect Roman Reigns' music to hit a decade early. You did do that every time we get out of one. It was like, and dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Disappointment. <laughs> uh, the crowd can't see. We we get that out. Yeah, the crowd are very quiet through this. I mean, and they and you would be because this is a match that you hadn't paid to see. This is like a, almost like yeah. a bonus matchup. But at the same time, like I, from what I've been told, seeing cage matches live aren't that exciting because you can't really see yeah, into yeah. it. Same with the Hell in the Cell match. But this, there's two structures to see through. So when they're actually in the ring. If you're in the crowd, you can't see anything. If you get hit with a bad vantage point, so Ooh, yeah. the they don't the two structures don't line up perfectly. That means it's like that, and you you just trying to it's like creepily watching your neighbour in the garden through a fence. <laughs> yeah, so I'm told, and uh, the, you don't have because in Hell in the Cell you get a a camera guy in there. Mm. You can get the shots in the ring. You didn't have anyone in there. No, not even inside the. The middle. Area. They had cameramen in the middle. Oh, did they? Yes, because that's how they were to get. Oh, some... that's a good point with the referees. Yeah, uh, there's. We-, we didn't even talk about the weapons. But the, we- the weapons weren't used in the end because they were like tables on the outside that had weapons. Because JVL at one point goes, "Weapon? Those weapons!" And then uh, <laughs> surprised that he didn't even sort them for. But those yeah. weapons were never used. But the tables were. So they get but out. The weapons run. Yeah. Yeah. So like Big Show just sort of tipped up. I don't think he knew they were supposed to be weapons, and just instantly went for the table and just knocked them all on the floor and then put the table up. And there was straps hanging. Yes. From the inside structure, and ropes, and ropes yeah. on the outside one. So because so, of that, both men bled, yeah. which was nice to see. Do miss a bit of blood, uh, but it actually, and this is where I was expecting something really bad, and the first ten minutes were quite slow and clambering. It's, it's Big Show Undertaker. It's going to be just like a big lumbering yeah. big guy match. But the way they did it was Taker, first door locked, second door locked. Undertaker escapes through the third door and you're like, hey ho, Taker's the baby face is winning here. Big Show calls for the fourth door to go unlocked. He does. He gets out, gets Taker and throws him back into, into the, the ring. Before the timer went down. And then he and then Taker is now locked. All those four doors are locked. He can't escape. So Big Show's like, I've won this one. I start climbing up. 
great psychology. What does Taker have to do? He now has to climb out the structure, the inside one. Minus spikes. Minus the razor sharp spikes. And he leaps onto the outside structure. He does this great job. I thought it was a great spot. It was a really good he spot, kicked yeah. Off, uh, he kicked Big Show off and yeah. then he sort of did a pirate swing. <laughs> yeah. Tarzan uh, off a rope of Tarzan Cole. swing because yeah. you can't have any references past the 1930s. <laughs> uh, in all fairness, they, they referenced Jurassic Park multiple times. Oh, that's a good that was, point. That was 1993. Good, good point. That is that is obscenely current <laughs> for WWE. Only 15 years out by this point. Uh, yeah, and I I thought that was actually really good. I thought it was really good as well. Now here, but the finish was yeah. comically. How, you you, you lost word? your mind a little bit because you like I, I the match had finished and I went to like pause it and put the next match on and you literally went like well no no what happens with this bit here and I was like oh no nothing yeah nothing. because <laughs> because at the end of the match Big Show and Taker are on the outside no no sorry Big Show's on the outside Taker's climbed up the inside uh, and. Jinder Mahal walks through the crowd. Not Jinder Mahal. Not Jinder Mahal. <laughs> great Carly. Davari and Great Carly come out through the crowd. Yeah. yeah, and they start climbing the structure on the other side of the ring, and it's like, oh my god, what's what's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, Taker jumps off the inside structure to hit Big Show. The entire ring uh, entrance ramp side of the octagonal part opens. Big Show hits the ground first. Then Taker sort of rolls over him. He touches the ground. The referee declares there's Taker a, there's is like the a, winner. There's a real pause of like, what? Who won? Yeah. Like the crowd don't pop because they don't. They're not sure if if someone did win. Is it first person out? Is it two feet touch the ground but first? There's also a pause of the bell ringing as well. And all of a sudden, like the referee just goes up and points at the Undertaker, and yeah. then the bell rings, and then the Undertaker is announced as the winner. And then, like, never mind that. What's Great Carly doing? Struggling to climb. Side he's of the ring. proper struggling yeah, to climb. Yeah, he's it. not doing well there, <laughs> despite all the liver enzyme helping hats. <laughs> and it's like, what? So, and that's it. That's the end of the match. Yeah. I, I, I found it perversely funny. Yeah, I because it was it was really quite bad. I, I, to a degree, sort of enjoyed the match when 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 they mm. got out of the the first bit. It it got much better. Yeah, but the ending was pretty naff comically funny as as, as you're quite right said but i made the point that because you said how does well, the rules are a bit foggy here and i brought up the um vince russo won the wcw championship in wcw by being speared through a cage by goldberg and because vince russo was the first person to leave the cage because goldberg is doing the offensive move vince uh, vince russo was declared the winner mm. and therefore the champion so yeah, technically, Big Show should have won. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a strange one. It's it's ten minutes, maybe ten fifteen minutes of quite boring. Yeah, it's and a then long match, and then five ten minutes of oh, that's there's some interesting spots here. I'm getting Two invested. Table spots. I'm getting invested in the Taker babyface underdog thing. Now he's trapped in the middle of the cage, and the timing of all the doors closing was really innovative. Especially because it was the first one, mm. but then it just the last five minutes uh, a bemused comedy. <laughs> so what about No Mercy two thousand and seven? Great Carly finally got his Punjabi prison match. Certainly did the last ever 
Punjabi prison match yeah. on WWE. <laughs> That's right, up until Sunday. Nine Wait, and a half years ago. He was chasing Batista for the World Heavyweight Championship. Batista, the conquering champion, defending against this seven-foot-tall, lumbering monster who has the vice-like grip that no one can yeah. escape from, Maggle. So uh, it was a tough old a tough old hill for Big Dave to climb, especially considering he was then fighting inside the Punjabi prison. Now I don't think not on home turf. No, exactly. This is like this is home field advantage for the great Carly. Now what I would say is I don't think Dave sold the Punjabi prison as well as uh, no Big Show way, did. No. Whereas like. Great Carly, very comfortable. He's been in these matches his entire life. He's brought this match over. He knows this like the back yeah, of his head. It's, a, it's he, a tradition over it's a tradition. I'm sure it is. They have them all the time. Yeah. But, you know, I think in WWE's mind, in those deep, dark jungles yeah. of India where bamboo matches are like, you know, they're, they're ten a penny. They're hell in a cell matches in America. Yeah. Um, so he walks around like it's absolutely nothing. But Big Dave also just walks in like it's nowt. And I feel that he should have been like, hmm, should have done my favourite spot in, in cage matches or Hell in a Cell matches. When you walk up, you grab it, give it a little yeah. shake, just make sure that it's still there. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Oh, just a, oh, that's sharp. That's sharp. That's, that's razor that's, sharp. That's definitely steel infused. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was a dual brand. You pointed out all the Punjabi prison matches in history, including the Sundays. Are going to have been SmackDown matches. Matches. However, that there's a slight uh, asterisk. The first Great American Bash 2006, the first one, was a SmackDown only show. Mm. This one was a dual brand show. By yeah. the time they'd stopped running the brand exclusive, yeah, then they stopped them around late 2006. I think they stopped doing it eventually, and, uh, yeah. for the better, I might add as well. But this was a SmackDown match still. So uh, there's not as much to say about this because this was nowhere ne- considering everyone says 06 is the terrible one. And this is the better one. Yeah. Yeah. I disagree. I disagree I think as well. the, the 06 one's got plenty to have fun with. Uh, can't the, uh, although right out of the bat, Carly gets a door open after getting Batista on the floor. And we just cracked up, didn't we? Because he is too big. And too slow He's and lumbering to get tall. through the the little door bit. Because he has, you have to climb through the, excuse me, you have to climb through the ropes and then through the door. But by the time he bends over to get through the ropes, he then can't bend down further, yeah. far enough to get through the door either. Because the door doesn't go all the way up; it only goes up just above the second rope. Yeah, doesn't it? So he needed to like get onto his get onto his back essentially, mm. and and like commando roll out it's how i would get out of it <laughs> yeah. just sort of slightly fall and roll out yeah so that was great too big uh and then uh what was this so batista tried to get through the door and then carly got the door and smashed it on his chest Doing a like few a times spot, yep. that was okay i booked a better version as we were talking yeah. it where you trap them in the guillotine and then you climb out yeah maybe lock the guillotine in place i did like the um there was a spot in which um actually when I was, that was in the first match i was thinking when uh, they had like big show was trapped between the ropes and the the, the, yeah, yeah, the bamboo yeah. and taker was charging at him but i think they did a similar one in the the batista carly match mm. where i think so anyway Maybe yeah, maybe I've made that it's up. A bit of a blur. We, we've of literally Punjabi just prison. watched it, and I've forgotten yeah. everything that happened in it. It wasn't as good as the first one. So, so what happens is neither of them are able to escape the the inner structure by the time all the four doors. So they've wasted all four doors. So both guys have to go out mm. of the inner structure. So Carly needs to climb two structures. Yeah. 
Why did they book it that way? <laughs> Maybe for the lols. Maybe for a he rib. He was very slow in doing so. But it did lead to actually a pretty good finish in which yeah. uh, Carly has done his vice grip, so no one gets out of that maggle. And now Batista can't get back up and he's he's knocked out. And so Carly just climbs over, climbs up, and he climbs down, and then starts to climb up. And you're like, oh, well, like Carly's going to win this. Then Big Dave comes to he scales up the one side then slightly hops over and then leaps from one structure to the yeah. other which means he's now neck and neck with Carly and it was quite a very good sort of race for the finish yeah especially the other side because Carly was lumbering down hmm. whereas Batista was almost he'd he'd have hold of a, a rung and then let go and slip down to the next rung yeah. and he was going quite fast think i've seen that's how channing tatum jumps down the little bits <laughs> yeah. in jump street uh 22 jump street yeah, yeah yeah yeah. so overall an interesting stipulation it, it has actually made me oh, oh sorry oh trying to get into it are you <laughs> talk about that later i um it has actually made me a little bit excited for the match on sunday because it, at least it's got it, it's something i can get in like enthused about with this feud which i'm totally not into mm. But I think with this gimmick around it, and it's going to be the first time we're doing a Punjabi prison match in 10 years, and it's the first time we're doing it without lumbering big men. Mm. We're doing it with agile, medium-sized men in comparison to... I mean, they're tall, like, but you know they're not the 300-pounders that the Carly Taker and Batista were. So I I wasn't in th- yeah, in, excited about this match in the, in the slightest... Until I heard about the door thing. Honestly, <laughs> it's it's such a nice suspense thing and you get them locked in the middle. But you said that you found them uh, needlessly convoluted. It is needlessly <laughs> com- convoluted. Way too comp- uh, complex. But there is... It, once, you, once you put that aside, it does make for some really nice storytelling. So I'm interested to see how they're going to do it. Especially because both matches so far have involved someone jumping from one mm. cage to the other. Uh, so where's that RKO coming from? <sighs> Yeah, maybe. maybe Randy jumps and does an RKO from 20 feet in the air. Oh, the, uh, the superest of all the super RKO. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The results are in for Fantasy Booking Warfare. Of course, the overall winner for the month of predictions and winners of Fantasy Booking Warfare matchups will get this, this lunchbox. Uh, for me, it has a scandal that could ruin me. Mm. Uh, and of course, you want it to I want find to out find out what, what that scandal it. is. Uh, but you did not try hard enough. Because... Appar- apparently not. Because uh, how to turn Bailey heel in WWE competition at the weekend mm. on Saturday. Go back to Saturday's show to watch that. Uh, people have voted, and it is—is is that the largest landslide? I'd, I'd say that's the largest landslide in an actual competitive one. It's not like the New Day breakup one where I was only given like half an hour yeah, to actually yeah. prep it. So out of two thousand seven hundred and fifty-six votes, I got eighty-one percent oh, of those with two thousand two hundred and forty. 
and you got 19 with 560. Yeah, that's not a great result for me. That's that's the sort of result I think Theresa May was expecting from yeah, this general election. Yeah. yeah, but don't count out a buffoon <laughs> who can work the social media. I was, I, I don't know, I was surpri- not surprised because I thought your storyline was very good mm. and my storyline wasn't great because I couldn't really find a good hook. But they were quite into- close. Like, yeah. it wasn't, because I, when we did the, the Kurt Angle storyline, I was like, that's the best one I've ever ridden. You ended up winning 60 40. But yeah. this one I was like, oh, this is quite close, actually. 81 yeah, I know, yeah. Very but, tough to call. But I, I was getting a lot of positive messages from people on the old socials and, and on in the comments. People a like, people I, I thought this, Luke, was, this yeah. was very good. But uh, yeah, the public have spoken. The Wrestle Talkers have spoken. And you won in quite a. A decisive, devastating, a devastating landslide victory. So that that puts us up two to two all. Yeah. So we've both now got a fantasy booking warfare win a piece. You won the Kurt Angle mystery mm-hmm. text one. Yep. I should have won. Uh, I got the Bailey, and we drew for Great Balls of Fire predictions. Yes. So we'll have the battleground predictions this weekend to see who gets up on the next round. <laughs> And finally today, we're delving into the mailbag for one of our Patreon donators who has pledged so much, we're going to answer a question from him. Yes. Fast-tracked him to the front. So, uh, I, Karen, if you are watching, your email is on our to-read list. It was going to be in this episode, but unfortunately we talked about the Punjabi prison match much longer than we uh, thought we would do. I didn't know we had so much to say. I know. I can't believe we talked, we talked like 25 minutes about yeah. those matches. And I could probably do another 20. <laughs> I've got another 20 in me for Punjabi <laughs> prison. So this is, uh, well, we get on to how to say his last name in a second. Mm. His first name's Daniel. I can do Daniel well, but his second name is German. And my pronunciation isn't as good there. Mm-hmm. Hi, Ollie. Hello again. The mayor of Painesville is back. That's his his wrestling his wrestling nickname. Everyone who donates on Patreon gets a wrestling nickname. So uh, number one point, he says, how to pronounce my last name? German version. Would you like to say that? Uh, mm, n- uh, no. Um, Schatmeer. Schatmeer. No, I don't think it's Schatmeer. Schatmeer. Schachtmir, I'd Schachtmir. Yeah, I think there's more of a on okay. the ch. And uh, but he's written down the phonetic version of how I say it, which is Schartenmeier. <laughs> uh, I like my version more. Yeah, yeah. However, his his Twitter is much easier to say. It's at Walu to go, and he comments in the YouTube videos as Walu, W A L U T V. So. Thank you. Thank you very Walu. much. I'm just going to call you Dan. Yeah. Dan. Cheers, Dan. Cheers, Dan. And thirdly and finally, his wrestling question. Does the... This is a good... This is a really very good Very good question. Does the wrestler make the entrance theme or does the entrance theme make the wrestler in terms of getting over with the crowd? Mm. An excellent question and one that I think I could at least give a good answer for with examples. Go for it. So That's more than I have. So I think... Uh, you know, the perfect example of this is Bobby Roode at the yeah. moment. There are a lot of people who think that the song is over as opposed to Bobby Roode mm-hmm. is over. In the same way, there are a lot of people who thought that the yes chant was over, not Daniel Bryan. Sure. But I think that Daniel Bryan was the reason why the yes chant got over because he was, it was his character and it was mm-hmm. his personality that people liked. And yes was just something that we latched onto along with him. I think it's the same with Bobby Roode. 
because I think Bobby Roode is a great heel. I think he's a great promo. I think he's a fantastic in-ring worker. And he still gets the same reactions during the matches. It's not like people sing glorious when he's, uh, uh, during his entrance and then stay quiet. Everyone sings along with it and then is alive during his match as well. And I think mm-hmm. that's down to Bobby Roode. Now, conversely, Alex Riley had amazing entrance music. Say it to my face. What a great song that was. That was Super. That entrance music should have got him over alone, but it didn't. And Alex Riley was it failed completely on the main roster. Then he then sort of came back with NXT with the Rage Alex yeah. Riley, and that didn't work either. And then he was released. So and now he's in Glow. And he was in Glow, and he was actually quite good in Glow. Yeah, he was as well. good. He yeah. was. So I think those are, those are good two examples of how I think the the, the glorious song complements Bobby Roode. Whereas I think that Alex Riley was over just because of the entrance music and didn't get any further than that. I I take issue with the Alex Riley example mm. because I thought he had something. He did. The, have, the, yeah. There was a moment there where he could have the the flame just needed to be ignited, and I think we were looking at a, a genuine next upper mid potentially. Dare I say? Upper main, lower main eventer oh, spot. Guy. I completely agree because when he was with the Miz in those early NXT days, and he was the Miz, he just carried the briefcase everywhere. He had a great look when he turned on the Miz mm-hmm. in in the babyface role, not in a heel fashion. You know, he was the the abused underdog minion. The crowd really got behind him, and he had a sort of explosiveness when he attacked the Miz there. And that's how it, that's when he then got the awesome entrance music. Yeah, and then he did something to John Cena. <laughs> Well, nobody knows what it is, but by all accounts, something happened backstage. Mm. Cena took a mega disliking to him, and then Riley just the Miz program just ended really quickly. Yeah, if there's real shame, if there's one thing you don't want to do within this industry, Mm. it's uh, anger locker room leaders. Don't 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 upset the Undertaker. Don't upset John Cena. Don't upset to recover. Don't upset Randy. Just yeah. you know, just be respectful and just shake their hands and don't do anything to upset them. Yeah. I wouldn't go up to John Cena and be like, "Oh, I was one of those guys that used to boo you in 2006 because I thought you were rubbish mm. and undeserving to be in the spot you were in." Nipple cripple, run off. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'd walk up and shake his hand and be like, "You've done so much for this industry." So, so the Alex Riley one, I think a better example for the ah, that's that, I don't know if that works out either. I was going to say Fandango because Fandango yeah. had. Naff entrance music, but it caught on yes. thanks to uh, the WrestleMania 30 chant, WrestleMania 29, whatever I think one it was, it was. Yeah, it was either one of those two, yeah. Uh, and he that that was a genuine sensation for a good couple of months there. I feel like only in the UK though. Oh, I don't know. It was on a lot of the a lot of the uh, American shows as well. The Raws are, uh, maybe, but, yeah. but anyway, I mean, it was it got it broke the charts. Well, yes, it, it did, entered did. the UK charts because people loved that song so mm-hmm. much, but. And and Johnny Curtis Fandango is an excellent wrestler. We've seen he can carry himself on promos in comedy in particular with the recent Breezango stuff. But for whatever reason, it just never quite clicked with that. I the gimmick was, was going to say was he was problematic. He was hindered by a rubbish gimmick and um, a dancer. That was pretty yeah. much it. Before we watched the um, actually it was after we watched the Punjabi Prison matches. We were just uh, watching the gimmick battle royal from mm. WrestleMania X Seven and. That was that was a match that was full of naff gimmicks from the the nineties. You know, a dustbin man, a clown, a hockey player. It was just you know, in the nineties, it was like you are a wrestler and a blank, and then you just put a, a yeah. profession in there. 
Fandango felt like a holdover from that 90s era where you were like, you are a wrestler and a dancer. Yeah. Uh, you are a ballroom dancer. That is your gimmick. And the problem is, like, at that period in time, we didn't really want gimmicks. Mm. We wanted wrestlers. Yeah. And that's unfortunately what he was able to. And, it, and it's really hampered him. So so can I can I give an an answer that sits on the fence? Oh, I mean, I'm sure that's exactly what Daniel wanted. Yeah, you was. didn't want a, de- a definitive, conclusive answer, no. did you, Daniel? Uh, so I would say they both make each other. <laughs> oh, oh, no, man. that was that was lackluster. Oh, dearie but you, me. But do you need that you like the entrance? You can actually, a wrestler can get over despite what, it, what their wrestling entrance music is. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. However, if they've got great wrestling music... That really, really helps. Yeah. However, if they've just got great wrestling music, they're only going to reach a certain point. Fandango, uh, Mike and Maria Canellis, could that could hurt them as well. Oh, I forgot how good that entrance like, music was. Great entrance music, but really, is that gimmick going to get over to to another level? Mm-hmm. But if you know, rant, who's got who's got bad entrance music as a main event? Yeah, big Cass as a main eventer. <laughs> he will be soon. I'm just that you can. Hall's music was a bit rubbish. It's the wrestler that's important, here. yeah. And the wrestling, the wrestling entrance music is is re- the, the wrestler and the gimmick mm. is really what's most important. Uh, but yeah, I hope that you're you're kind of satisfied with that answer, Daniel. I felt it was a good discussion about, uh, and, and we yeah. actually went through that entire discussion without uh, mentioning Shinsuke Nakamura's music. That's a good point. And some people would argue that he is over because of his entrance music, mm. as opposed to because he hasn't exactly had um, blow away matches. Since, but um, well, really, since his debut at WrestleMania with Sami Zayn yeah. last year, so that's more of a whole entrance thing, though, because mm. the, the the music's great, but it's the way Shinsuke yeah, carries himself yeah, down to the ring, absolutely, how long it goes on for. <laughs> Do you get a bit bored? These, I don't know. He's still, he's only just got to the corner of the crowd. Yeah, that, there's that bit. Maybe, yeah. Do you, uh, do you feel the same way about Finn's entrance music as well? Because Finn's it's a, it's is a long entrance. He's a, music, it's it? a yeah. great entrance, but now you see it every single week on Raw. You're like, a bit long, this, isn't it? It's not as special, is it? And he hasn't done the the full gimmick paint. No, for a while and, too. And, and unless he has a big match at SummerSlam, I guess he's not going to do it then either. Yeah. Which is apparently Bray Wyatt. Read that earlier. Oh, today. then he probably will do it for that. Then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so just a, a nice little bit of um, self fellatio at the end from Daniel. Love that. I'd like to thank you and Luke for all you've been doing for our entertainment, and hope this truly is built to last. And thanks for reading the thousands and thousands of tweets I've been sending you over the the last few weeks. Thank you. No worries, Daniel. Thanks for sending them in. Thank you. But that is all we have time for today. So click the videos that ju- have just appeared over Luke's face to catch up with the latest Wrestle Talk news or Wrestle Ramble episodes. Support Wrestle Talk on Patreon and subscribe so you never miss a future episode. This has been Luke Owen. I've been Ollie Davis, and that was Rambling.